Well, welcome back. Not just to church, but because I was on vacation. I mentioned to you last summer that I attended a wedding in Estes Park. A good friend of mine from Oklahoma City, many of you know I pastored eight years in Oklahoma City, and a really good friend of mine um, down there, his son got married in Estes Park last summer, so they invited us to come. So I get all dolled up in my suit and my tie, and I'm looking fancy, you know, and, and looking good. And I walk into the wedding, and everybody had cowboy boots on, jeans, cowboy shirts, and hats. And did I stand out? And right then I realized it's really important in different circumstances and situations to know the appropriate apparel. Otherwise, everybody's going to be looking at you like, what are you doing here? And so with that in your mind right now, I'm going to invite you to pray. I've entitled my message today, Live Different, Put Off and Put On. Live Different, Put Off and Put On. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for the incredible love that you have for us. Lord, as I was looking over the spectacular mountainsides, oftentimes I realized the truth that you made those mountains in beauty for humanity, not humanity for the mountains. And you are a big and vast and spectacular and awesome God. And thank you that when we see those type of sceneries, not only the beauty, but we see that you're bigger than we allow you to be. We're just a speck. But you are so huge. And so I just pray today that the people are here to know you and love you and serve you and grow in you and prepare for eternity. And so, Father, we look into your word and asking for the guidance and leading of your sweet Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. How can you tell if someone is a dedicated and a devoted Christian, a follower of Christ? Think about it for a moment. How how can you determine that? How can you tell if someone is? It seems like the answer to that question, especially here in America, is if they tell you they are. They tell you, I'm a Christian, so you believe it. Oftentimes, again, in our culture, it's not so much what we do or how we live. It's what we say that we believe is the truth. Let me tell you the truth. The answer to that question, how you know somebody is a dedicated and and devoted Christian and follower of Christ, is how they live. It's what they do and what they don't do. It's not our salvation is not based on works, but after we receive that, then we must walk in that. It's not what we say. It's what we do. Jesus said, you will know them, not by what they say, but by their fruit, how they live. So that's the answer to the question. How do you know if someone is really a dedicated and devoted Christian follower of Christ? It's how they live their life and make their daily decisions. Again, it's how they live. The Bible is emphatically clear being a dedicated and devoted Christian is based on the fruit. So important for us to know. Because of our faith in Jesus Christ, we're to live different than those who have yet to accept Him or live for Him. Did you hear that? We are to live different. 
The word church in the Greek is the word, word ecclesia, and it means to be called out of. Inerrant inside of that thought is that we are to live different than those who don't know Christ. Those who don't know Christ live a certain way. Those who do know Christ are to live a different way. That's what the Bible encourages us. And you know what? It's not always easy to do that. Are you living that different kind of life? I don't know about you, but sometimes I am challenged by that. I look at the philosophies of this world. I'm an American. And, and, and sometimes I fall prey to living just like people who don't know him. And I'm challenged by that. Sometimes it's not easy to stand up and stand for Jesus Christ in this culture. I received Christ in a dramatic way in 1978. And to be honest with you, at that particular time, being a Christian was almost kind of popular. People were going to church and people were Christians and people were excited and rah, rah, rally, all that stuff. Did you know we're not living in that same culture today? It's not real popular to stand up for truth in the Bible. We become uh, what? homophobic or uh, Islamophobic or all the other phobias that people say we have when we believe a certain thing about the character and nature of God and the word of God. It's not easy to stand up for truth, to stand up for the Bible, to stand up for Jesus Christ today. But that's what we're called to do, to live different. We must be clear on what we put off and what we put on, like the wedding example is uh, I, I put on the wrong stuff. For the occasion. So I needed to really pull off the old stuff and put on the new stuff. And that's really what I want to talk to you to do today about from the scriptures we're going to look at. Paul is saying, take off, put off that old apparel of living like the world. The people that don't know Christ and put on a new apparel, a new way of living that represents Jesus Christ and his kingdom. So this morning, I'm going to invite you to open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to look at verses 17 through 24. If you're a guest here, we welcome you. If you're a regular here, you know we've been looking through the book of Ephesians. We'll be going for a couple more months till the end of September. And I think it's important for us to go kind of line by line and uh, chapter by chapter in certain books, because I do a lot of topical study and preaching and teaching, but we're in the book of Ephesians right now. And this is a very important segment in Paul's writing to the church in Ephesus. But you know what? It's important for you and it's important for me. All week long, even on my vacation and coming back and this morning being before the Lord in prayer, I realize that I need to continue to be reminded and challenged. I need to live different than the world. I need to continue to be putting off certain things and to be putting on other things. It's just really important. Matter of fact, I was in one of the back classrooms this morning and, and praying and getting ready. And, and I looked up and there was on the wall, it said this, I need to make better choices. And I thought about that. I do. There are certain things and certain times I need to make better choices. What about you? That we need to live, live different. Sometimes we need to put off the old stuff and put on the new. So the great Apostle Paul in chapter 4, verse 17 through 24, writes these words. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, 
that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling had given themselves over to lewdness, to work all kinds of uncleansliness with greediness. But you have not so learned Christ. If indeed you have heard Him and have been taught by Him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and then to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that you put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. That's a power-packed verse, and there's a million different nuggets or truths or thoughts that we can take a look at. But I, I want to highlight seven real quick for you that will help bring this message home. That we're to live different, to put off the old way and to put on the new way. First of all, just simply... Christians, we're to live different. We're to live different. I'm not so sure that the Apostle Paul could have made it any clearer to the Ephesian believers or to us today. Does you see what it says? You should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk. Could it be any clearer? I mean, he's not beating around the bush. If you're an authentic, genuine Christian, you should not live like those who don't know Christ. It's that simple. It's that profound. It's that challenging. But it's right there. The word Gentiles. Somebody goes, well, what do you mean by Gentiles? When Paul says Gentile here, he just means somebody that doesn't know Christ, doesn't live for Christ, doesn't love Christ, and doesn't follow Christ. And he says, don't live like them. Live different. Again, a person who doesn't know Christ lives this way. And a person who knows Christ needs to live differently. We're to be imitators of God, is what the Bible says. Again, it shouldn't be what we say, it's what we do and how we live that should make the difference. I've been in this work a long time and I have met countless numbers of people who have told me that they're a Christian. Now, don't get me wrong. I believe there's grace. I believe we all blow it. I all believe we all can fall prey to temptation and to our carnal nature. But I've met people who tell me they're a Christian. And then I watch their life and lifestyle over a period of time. And I go, there is a disconnect, a huge disconnect. Because the way they're living their life, and I'm not, again, I'm not saying that they don't make mistakes or, or, or get tripped up. I mean, we all do. So please understand the difference. I'm saying day to day, moment by moment, the way they live. And you go, there's a big difference. My friends, we are to live different. Where the rubber hits the road in Christianity is not what we say, but how we live. Number two, flee futility. You see it there? It says uh, we should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind. Paul emphasizes the truth and the fact that when we Christians don't live differently than those who don't know Christ, we are controlled and motivated by futility. 
Wow, that's pretty challenging. The word futility means this pointless, uselessness and ineffectiveness. Simply put, when we don't live different than the world that doesn't know Christ, we're really missing out on God's best for our life, his blessings, his plans, and we're walking in futility. How many Christians and how many churchgoers today in America, in this city, are living in futility? They say they're a Christian. They might even be a regular attender. But my friend, if their life doesn't show that they've been converted by the power and grace of God, the Bible says, Paul says, they're living in futility. I want to say to us Christians, flee futility. Get away from it. Run from it. By living a different kind of life. It's not what we say. It's how we live that makes the difference. Three, ignorance and blindness is dangerous. In uh, verse 18, Paul says, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of what? The ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. Paul doesn't simply call it futility living. He even goes deeper in his explanation. Those who live like the world don't live different because they're Christians. He says they're ignorant and they're blind. Those are pretty strong words. You know, we live in a culture today that, you know, I'm, all, you know, I'm a very emotional guy and it's all about feelings and, and compassion and, and sensitivity and trying to understand the other person. That's very much the way I live. But you know what? We've taken it way too far. Do you know what I mean by that? You can't even tell somebody the truth. Oh, you hurt my feelings. Maybe your feelings needed to be hurt. That's coming from me, a grace-oriented pastor. Because Paul says, when you're not living different, and you should be living different, you're living in futility, and what you're really showing off is that you're ignorant and you're blind in regard to God. Oh no, I'm never going back to that church. I don't know how you can say that. I'm so offended. I hate Christians. That's the culture we're living in. Come on. Now, I'm a sensitive guy, but we need to get a little thicker skin. If God needs to tell me I'm wrong, I should say, okay. Oh, you made me feel bad, God. Speak the truth in love. It better be out of love. But I want you to know the Bible says, if we're not living different, and I'm not preaching that, I'm preaching my... If I'm not living different because I have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I'm caught in futility, which really is saying that I'm ignorant and blind in regard to the grace of God. And I need to be man enough to own that. And I don't like to be ignorant and blind. If you're a true, authentic Christian, it means you've seen and you've experienced And you've been touched by and you've tasted the goodness and the blessings and the grace of God. So it should motivate us to live a different kind of life. Now, if I came in, let's say I won the lottery. Be praying for that, okay? No, I'm just kidding. And I won the lottery and I gave it to my good friend Steve Luzak. Do you think Steve should just go off and act like I'm nobody? Oh, well, thank you and go on. 
No, Steve should love me. Steve should appreciate me. He should call me. He should be my best friend. He should take me out for dinner. Because I've given him a great grip. He should act different because of my great love for him. Same way with God. He's done so much, hasn't he? I get so down and discouraged. God, why didn't you do that? Why didn't you answer that prayer? Look at all that he's done for me. Oh my goodness, I am such a blessed man. And because of that, I should be challenged and motivated to live a different life so people don't see just or listen to what I say, but see it in how I live. Number four, inappropriate surrender. Or you could probably write the word, if you're taking notes, call it compromise. See, Paul's gone to preach now, and he's on a roll. Listen to him. In verse 19, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness, to work all uncleansiness with greediness. He's on a roll. He continues to say that those Christians who are not living different lives are not only caught in futility because of ignorance and blindness, but they have inappropriately surrendered to their natural lust and desires and passions. They've stopped fighting temptation and made partnership with the enemy in their carnal nature. And I could do a whole host of ones in here today. And I'd probably get lamb blasted, and that would probably be okay. But I want you to know something. There are things that are just not right that don't represent God. And the enemy comes and he knocks on the door. Let me use one today that probably doesn't hit too many in here, and and I'm going to get on my soapbox. I know a variety of young people who were raised in Christian homes, know the Bible, and have participated in sexual activity outside of marriage. They live with these others, participating as if everything is okay, compromising and saying it's okay. And the Bible calls that sexual immorality. We need to call it what it is. Now, if you know me, I'm grace-oriented. I don't want to bring and knock them over the head of the Bible. You're living in sin. That's not me. I want, I want to understand. I want to relate. I want to have compassion. But I want to tell them they've inappropriately surrendered to something that's not good for them. It's not in the plan and the will of God. And eventually they're going to suffer because we can't live in sin and expect the blessings of God. Now, did I go to preaching? You want me to use, I could use many, many more. In America, people are succumbing. They're they're inappropriately surrendering to all kinds of behaviors that are anti-Bible, anti-God. And I don't want to think I'm a legalist. They've compromised. And then they justify it. And then we're the bad guys if we tell them that that's not what the Bible says. Do you see the spiritual battle that's going on? They then have succumbed to inappropriate desires. My friends, they stop fighting. You can't stop fighting. Until you go to glory, you're going to be fighting. The enemy's going to come and put temptations in your way. And he's going to lead you into things. And you're going to wake up and go, well, that's just the way I am. That's the way I was born. Not going to preaching. 
No. You've inappropriately surrendered because it got too hard. And I understand we've all surrendered at some point to some temptation, maybe regularly. And understand that this is not a, a, a law-oriented, this is a grace-oriented church, and that's the way I am. But I was still going to tell you the truth. I'm still going to tell you what the Bible says. Because if you're in that war, I don't want you to compromise and lose. It says it right there. Past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness. The things of the flesh, the cravings, the lust, the passions. And you just get tired of fighting. And you succumb. And you give in. And you compromise. Then you don't live any different than those that don't know Christ. Was that enough on that? Okay, you got my point? All right. So the next one is put off the old man. It says that there in uh, 22 that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust. Paul has diagnosed the human problem, temptation and dilemma, but he also has given us a prescription, an antidote for the problem. He says you must intentionally and deliberately fight against that human lust and passion and cravings and temptations with the strength of Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. I have to put off that old man. I have to put off the old man. Is there... An old man fighting against you? When I say man, I don't mean gender. Is there the old nature fighting against you today in some way? If you look back over the last week, the last month, the last six months, have you fallen prey to anything? Lust? Gossip? Slander? Lack of self-control? Negativity? I mean, gosh, the list is so much for our flesh. Guys, I'm not, I'm not getting on you. Paul's saying, I understand the spiritual battle and that you're being tempted by the enemy. And it's easy to just th- throw in the towel on that. But he's saying, you can't do that. Don't give up the fight. Put off the old man with the strength of Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. Keep fighting. Don't yield. Don't give in. Don't succumb to that. Because of amazing grace, the chains are gone. You've been set free. Live as a new man. Live as a new woman. But you've got to put off before you put on. Don't put on the new stuff until you take off the old stuff. I would have looked kind of silly at that wedding if I would have walked in there and realized I was wearing a suit and a tie and everybody else wasn't. And so over that suit and tie, I put on my jeans and I put on my cowboy shirt and I put on a cowboy hat. Wouldn't I have looked silly? I would have looked sillier than I did the, the way I did. So my friends, we've got to put it off. What What is going on? You know, I know, we hide it from other people, but we're all in a battle. And we're going to talk about that in a second. Put off the old man. Number six, renewal of the mind is vital. You see it there? It says to put off the stuff and then verse 23, be renewed in the spirit of the mind. So the practical part, how do you do it? We must renew and continue to renew our mind. It's a battle for our mind. It's a battle for how we think, isn't it? Absolutely. It's a battle for for your thoughts. The word renew means to make 
fresh and strong again. I just got to be honest. I tend to be hopefully honest. Man, from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to bed, I'm too much of a thinker. I think, 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 think. So I can't really, I said, I think. And I want you to know, so I'm battling all day long, and it's so easy for me to go, well, this happened and this happened, and and I won't reveal all the things. But pretty soon, I have gotten myself so caught up in in discouragement and doubt and disbelief that I can't walk free. I need to renew my mind. I need to be strong and fresh again that God is good. You know what? That little, It doesn't work for me. God is good all the time, all the time. God is good. Just to say that doesn't really work for me. I've got to really work on it. God is good. He doesn't feel like it right now. With the tragedies that I see in people's lives and the heartache and the brokenness in their lives or in my life. And I go, God, I don't understand. And I can't use some nice little church thing. God is good. God is great. You know, all that stuff. And you guys and I'm, don't get me wrong. But for me, I got to look at it. Yes, I got to renew my mind. God is good all the time. God will work all things for good for those who love Him and are called according to a purpose. It doesn't feel that way right now. It doesn't seem that's true in my mind. I need to renew my mind. I need to get strong again. I need to get fresh in what I believe again. That's why I run to the Scripture so that I can be reminded. Any of you ever struggled with doubt? discouragement, fear, disappointment, anger, revenge, unforgiveness, selfishness, pleasure, lusts of all kinds. Yes, that's part of the human journey. Paul says you need to put off the old man by renewing your mind so that you can live different. Last point, I'm going to have the band come back, is put on the new man. You see that in verse 24 and all these verses. This is the main point that Paul's trying to say. And that you put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. That's the main point, my friend. We must be challenged to stop living like the world. And you say, well, Jeff, are you pointing that at me? Uh, what do you mean by that? I, I, isn't it hard to live totally different today? To think different than the world? I think it is. Man, I, I, I see friends buying and building a new house. I don't know, it must be two, two and a half million dollars. There's nothing wrong with that. And they're a believer and I love God and I believe they follow God. But you know, I go, but God... God, not realizing that I have a roof over my head. You ever frown that the, the new friend buys the car? Driving around town, that's nice. Everybody look at me. But God, and I'm driving a nice car, but it's a 2008, so don't be telling me, oh, uh, he's driving this big rich car. I'm driving a nice car. Thank God I have transportation. 
you see what I'm saying? It's easy to think like the world or they get a promotion or I look and go, gosh, you know, they got to retire. They're going to retire and they're younger than I am. God, that's not fair. And I look and gosh, I've been so blessed financially. I take a vacation. My mom's paying for it. No, <laughs> I was raised a lot different. That ain't happening. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? I'm not mad. I'm passionate. Because I recognize the battle for all of us. And that's why this passage is so important. Christian. Church. We're called to live different. Not in what we say, but how we live. So the world can go, gosh, there's no doubt about it. They are a devoted, dedicated Christian follower of Jesus Christ. There should never be a time that anybody should look at my life and not know that Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior of my life. And if they can't tell that, I need to be challenged because I'm walking in futility, ignorance, and and blindness. And I don't want to do that. Though I can do that, I don't want to do that. I want to live different. I don't want to walk into another wedding wearing a suit and tie when everybody else is in a different apparel. Come on, Christians. We're living in a, an important day of age. Let's live different. Let's put off the old man. And let's put on the new man. Amen? God bless you. Let's stand.
he wasn't condemning them, but he was encouraging them and challenging them because he understood the battle that they were fighting. And he just simply said, as a Christian, we're to live different. Put off the old man and put on the new man. So today, may we all have that same heart, passion to go out and live different so that they can see Jesus Christ, who really is the only answer for our world today. Again, thanks for your prayers. Glad to be back. We love you. Go in His grace. Go in His love. Go in His power. In Jesus' name, amen. Bye-bye.